All right, welcome back to Blind Chess, where we're learning how uh, piece by piece to play blind chess and increasing, hopefully, our ability to imagine the board and each piece and how they move in each color. Today, we're going to be going over rooks. And rooks, in my opinion, I chose them second after pawns because they're a little bit easier in my opinion, anyway, because you know it's going to stay on the same file or row. And so they begin on A1 and H1. So let's imagine, let's set up the board in our mind. So the king is on E1, our king. Uh, the enemy's king is on E8, like before. And white's rooks are on A1 and H1. And uh, so the colors constantly change with rooks. And so you'll need to keep in mind the square that you're going to and the square that you're on's color because they're pretty susceptible, uh, vulnerable to bishops with the diagonals and everything. So um, that'll be one thing you'll want to keep in mind. But other than that, I think rooks are really easy. So let's set it up and let's imagine we long castle. Okay, so we're going to move the king from e1 to c1. That will move the a1 rook to d1. Okay, then let's put it back and let's imagine short castling. Okay, so the king goes to g1 and the rook goes to f1. In that position, let's try to imagine all the ways that we can check the enemy king. Okay, so the rook on f1 can obviously check the king going to f8 but it'll be obviously captured by the king, or it could go to e1 and check the king. And if we check him at e1, then the king has only f8 and f7 on the right side, and then d8 and d7 uh, to run to. If we instead try to check him on e1 with the rook on a1, the rooks work together in cutting off the king's square, so it has to go to either d7 or d8. You could also check the king with that a1 rook on a8, which would only allow the king to go to e7 or d7. But I want to try to have you guys think in your mind in the position where, you know, white's rooks, rooks are on a1 and f1, and our king's on g1, and the enemy's king is on e8. And I want you to imagine how you can find a mate in two. You can pause right now, and I'll give you a hint. It's not, the first move will not be a check, so... So you guys have probably seen this on, you know, an over-the-board puzzle. But basically you want to bring your a1 rook to a7, which takes away the d7 and e7 squares from the king. The king already can't go to f7 and f8 because of the f1 rook, which leaves only one legal move for the black king, and that's d8, which incidentally moves it away from the square on f8 that we tried to check earlier, and the king would have captured it. But instead, we move our f1 rook to f8, and it's checkmate. So let's set up the board again and do one more puzzle. And let's imagine our king is on a1, and the enemy's king is directly opposite diagonally on h8. And our two rooks are on a7 and b7. And the enemy's rook, they only have one rook, is on f8. Okay, so try to find mate in two from this position. So hopefully you can see that you'll want to check the king on h7 with your rook. And when the king goes to the only legal square, g8, then we'll check him with the other rook on g7. And since he's blocked in by his own rook and can't go to f7, that's checkmate. One thing we want to get used to 
in chess overall, but also blindfolded chess, is to thinking about taking away the squares of the king, especially when checkmating, but even just in general. I want to always be thinking of what squares are weak next to the king and try to exploit that. All right, let's do one more where we're going to try to mate the enemy king using a ladder mate. So let's imagine we've got rooks on a1 and b1. The enemy's king is on e6 and our king's on e1. Try to think where you would go first. So we're going to bring our rook to b5. So we've taken f5, e5, and d5 from the king. So he can only go f6, f7, e7, d7, and d6. And uh, so let's imagine that black king moves to d6. And so we're going to move our a1 rook to a6 with check. So the king can only go to c7, d7, and e7. So try to imagine where the king logically would go. It would logically try to go towards the undefended rooks. And it would go to c7. Now let's imagine that our b5 rook goes all the way to h5. And let's imagine the black king goes from c7 to b7. Attacking our rook on a6. So we just move it to g6. So we've got a rook on g6 and a rook on h5. So where should black go? Let's imagine black goes to c8. And we're not going to check him. We're going to bring our rook on h5 to h7. The king comes to d8. And we're going to checkmate him on g8 with our g6 rook. So hopefully you guys will be able to play around in your mind with rooks. While you're doing something, you can try to imagine the king on a certain square. Might want to try a corner at first because he's got only three places to go. But try to imagine just checking the king and where he would go. Okay, so let's try something different. Let's say we've got our rooks on a1 and h1. King on e1. Enemy king on e8. And let's say we want to bring one of our rooks up in front of our other rooks. We want to double our rooks on one of the files. And uh, try to think about how you would do that. What we can do is we can either bring our h1 rook up to h3. And the black will move. And then we'll bring it over to a3 to double up on the a rank. Or we can do the same with the a rook. Bring it up to a3. Double up on the h rank. You could also imagine that we have castled. And our rook's on f1 and our king's on g1. And we want to do a rook lift, bring our rook to a3, and then over to f3, or up to f3, and over to a3. Rook lifts will be super common, and uh, usually, I mean, in this example, we could, we could lift it up to a2, and go over to f2, either one, but, you know, eventually we're going to have pawns there and stuff, so. Then, when we're playing our blindfolded chess game, we want to think about each piece where is an optimal square for them? So uh, we'll definitely be going over this with knights a lot more. But think about this. So when you have a rook, think about where it's going to be doing the best. So obviously our rooks here, A1 and F1, D1 and E1 look pretty good. The seventh rank looks really good. And so you want to be thinking about where in the future you want to place that piece. And with blindfolded chess it's important to imagine how you're going to get there and what pieces you're going to have to move where, you know, 
what square you're going to have to guard. Of course, we think that like that with normal chess, but with blindfolded chess, it's a little different, I guess. A little bit. It's, it's pretty much the same, but it's a, a little bit different. So with that, hope you guys are practicing a lot and uh, improving your skills, and we'll talk to you in the next episode. Thanks.